Hey, all you beautiful people, and welcome to the Glorious in the Mundane podcast for our Summer in the Psalm series. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles. I'm actually recording this week from one of our family's happy places, Blue Skies, the ministry that I've shared with you guys many times over the last several years. It exists to help lift families with children in treatment for cancer above the clouds of cancer into the blue skies of God's love and care. We have about 10 guest families here this week, each of them with a child who is in treatment for pediatric cancer. But what's so beautiful is that for every guest family here, there is a volunteer family here to care for that family. And y'all, would you believe that we have four volunteer families and even one guest family here, all because they heard about Blue Skies on this podcast. How fun is that? It's been a true joy to get to get to know them this week, to get to know some of their kids, and just to be able to serve together. And from even the very first morning as we worshiped together, we were all piled together in this living room of a beach house. It was actually a really beautiful thing. It just felt divine, meaning that God brought this group of people together for this week for such a time as this to help meet the needs of these families this week, to come around them with the love and the hope and peace and rest of Jesus. And it's also been sweet to just hear from these women what this podcast has meant to them through the years. And it's just reminded me and encouraged me really deeply to just keep going. I'll now have even more faces. Um, I know I've gotten to meet some of you throughout the years, especially you patrons that have followed me in the past. But it's just been so sweet when I get to actually see a face, put a face with a name, and then just hear the stories about how God has used the Glorious and the Mundane podcast. So thank you to you, Susie, to Sarah, Katie, and Stephanie, and also you, Jen. It just felt so providential that your families would all be here and that our family could be with y'all. Jen, I just wanted to say that I really believe that God brought you here for such a beautiful purpose, and I know that He's going to bring you to my remembrance often, and I know that when He does, I will be praying for healing and restoration over you guys in this season. I think this is our family's 12th year to serve at Blue Skies. We lead worship, we get to sing lullabies over these families, and it's been one of the greatest joys of our lives to get to be a part of it. Many of you might remember that we stayed at Blue Skies one summer for a month, and we led for multiple retreats, and we also wrote almost the entire lullaby album in a beach house here at Blue Skies. And we're just sitting really actually a few steps from that house right now as I'm recording. And just the other day, we we drove by it and I pointed out to my girls up at the window of that house that I was looking out of one rainy morning when we got rained out of going to the beach. And I sat there and I wrote pitter-patter goes the rain. And I told the group that we're out here this week that story too, as it was raining on us that first morning of this week. And I told them, you never know what the rain is going to afford you. This Blue Skies year, we are celebrating another very special music endeavor as a family. Nathan Knuckles just released his very first ever solo album this past Friday, and it's called Everywhere the River Goes. Way to go, Nate. (laughs) He's in the room with me. 
It's available everywhere you listen to music. It's an instrumental album, and I need to tell you how very picky I am about instrumental records. As a writer, I find that it's really hard for me to find instrumental music that doesn't suddenly start sounding like I'm in a spa (laughs) and there's water dripping or birds chirping or weird sounds rising up and down and kind of scaring me. I so desperately tried to find something to write to when I was working on my book, but the musician in me is just too picky. So often I ended up just writing in silence and I have been all but begging Nathan to create this project. And y'all, it is, I promise, I'm not just saying this because I'm married to him. It is incredibly stunning. We put it on in the car the day that it released as we were driving near the coast in Florida and I immediately felt my actual body calming down. I listened to it this morning, even while I was having my quiet time and I've played it while I was writing this episode. And I just love it because it just never gets loud or overwhelming. It just stays in this beautiful, worshipful, peaceful place. And I really think you are going to love it. And it's going to be a beautiful resource for your family. Because Nathan released this album into the mainstream, we carefully wanted to name this project, and we wanted even the song titles to take people on a journey as they imagine the meaning behind each song name. What's really sweet is that the title of this record rose up from our daughter Ellie's artwork. In fact, the title of the album was originally something else, but when we saw Ellie's paintings, it inspired something different entirely. So I love that. Again, it's just sort of this family thing coming together. It's so interesting when I first heard the music, Nathan, let me hear it. And I kept having visions of a river. And I couldn't believe it when I went in to see what Ellie had painted. About half of what she put together went perfectly with the original title, which Nate decided to save for something else that he's working on. But the other half was a direction that I believe she went in following the inklings of the Holy Spirit. They were these gorgeous sketches of mountains and evergreens and this golden river coming through the mountains. And I said out loud when I saw them, everywhere the river goes. And Ellie looked at me and she said, did you just think of that? And I said, Yes, I just thought of it, but it's actually a scripture. And I told her it's from Ezekiel 47, where it talks about the river of God and specifically verses 9 and 10 essentially say that everywhere this river goes, everything lives. So in honor of this beautiful work, I'm going to let the song titles for this album be our guide for today's psalm. Today we'll begin in Psalm 46, but we're also going to look at parts of Ezekiel 47. And I hope you'll experience the connection today with these two beautiful passages of God's Word coming together. I think you'll recognize parts of this psalm as being very well known. It's a beautiful song, and it's poetic, as we're finding the psalms are meant to be. And I hope you'll let this wash over you today as I read the precious Word of God over us to still us and give us a holy perspective today of what's true of God and true of us because of Him. This is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help and trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam 
and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The song you're hearing now is the first track on the album. It's called Hope Stirs Up. I think whether it's been days or weeks or months that I might go through seasons of feeling farther from God's heart than I want to, as I look back, because I'm His child, there's these moments that I can identify that hope stirs up in me. Do you recognize that or find that true in your life? I wonder if you're like me and you can look back on times in your life where you could sense hope stirring again and you either missed it or you just didn't feel up for or ready to receive it. I'll be honest that there's been times in my life, whether it's from the pace that I find myself in or just pure inattentiveness or even laziness or being preoccupied with something else, but upon looking back on hopes stirring in my life, which is one and the same with the Holy Spirit's stirring in us, it's incredible when I think back on when I did have a tender heart to receive it, because wow, what follows can be life-changing. But just like the next song title on the record, it's called The Unease Unearthed. It might not always be the most comfortable thing at first to surrender to the Holy Spirit's prompting and work in us. We all know what it feels like to have something unearthed in our life. That word simply means to uncover or to bring to light. But if there's anything I want unearthed and removed, it's unease. Jesus didn't come that we would have a life of unease, did he? That word literally means disquiet, to be deprived of quiet or peace. It can also mean just a constant feeling of concern. I don't know about you, but I feel like sometimes I just carry that with me a lot, just a constant sense of being concerned about what's next or about the people I love. But Jesus didn't come that we would have a life of unease. He came that we would have life and have it to the fullest. Yes, that we might experience hardship and trial, but the hallmark of the Holy Spirit is peace, even in the midst of that hardship and trial. At first glance, the upheaval of unease in our lives doesn't sound like a party, does it? (laughs) No, we'd probably never actually choose it for ourselves, but it's in allowing the unease to be unearthed that we can see things for what they are in our lives. Where is our footing? Where are we putting our trust, our hopes? What are we fearful about? What are these anxious thoughts? But as we learn to recognize the Holy Spirit stirring, hope rising in us again, and we allow the unearthing to happen, that next song title, it says it all, 
reclamation begins. We talked about this last week quite a bit, that we can receive once again what is already ours in Jesus. We reclaim what is ours, what's most true about us as believers, that we are meant to flourish, to be like trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in season. Now think about everything I just talked about. Hope stirring, the unease unearthed, the reclamation begins. I actually believe that this is meant to be happening in us daily. I know that kind of sounds dramatic, but as you can imagine, when we learn to receive hopes stirring on a regular basis and let any unease in us come to the light on a daily basis, it's as if we stay caught up to the Holy Spirit's stirring work in us. I know this might sound funny, but the reclamation, which simply means the process of being restored, looks more like us daily becoming more like Jesus. This is sanctification or spiritual formation, and it stays active and alive in us, even in the middle of the most mundane things of our lives. I like to think that it's less of an unearthing under our spiritual and physical feet when we're staying open and alive to the Holy Spirit's work in us. It's less of an avalanche of our brokenness and unbelief and more of just a daily uncovering of any unease that we might be experiencing so that we're living in that freedom that Jesus offers us that Adi so beautifully reminded us of last week. This stirring, this unearthing and reclamation is what happens in and through us each day, even as we read the Word of God, as the people of God, and we're reminded once more of what is true. God is our refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in our trouble, so we don't have to fear when the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, when it looks like the worst is falling into place. And then those beautiful verses four through seven, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I watched a little study on this psalm by the beloved late Tim Keller, and he talked about these verses in a way that shed such light on them for me. He shared that the beginning of this psalm is contrasting a physical city with a heavenly city. He pointed out that this psalm was written in a time that cities were quite often besieged. It was a thing to literally take down a city, to tear down its walls and take it over. But when a city had a river running through it, it made it very difficult to siege that city because of all the different ways that a river brings provision and protection to a city. And so when there's mention of a river in the psalm whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells, this is referring to a heavenly city. And our heavenly citizenship is in this city. You and I both have a physical city where we are a citizen. I reside in the city of Franklin, Tennessee, technically outside the city limits, but I'm a citizen of a physical place. But you and I 
as believers in Jesus Christ, we are citizens of a holy city. Philippians 3, 20 and 21, it reminds us that our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. In this holy heavenly city, it is a city that cannot be besieged or taken over. And in the middle of that city, the psalm reminds us that there is a river. I love verse 5 because we can easily imagine and know that God is that river. As it says, God is within her, that holy city, and she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Just like a physical river brings provision and protection to a city, God himself is our provision and protection. And then in John 7, 38 through 39, Jesus said, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. And that's us. We receive the Holy Spirit and this river of life is in us when we believe in Jesus Christ. I've shared with you before that John Eldridge has an app called Wild at Heart, and I love to use the prayers section of that app, specifically when it feels like we are under spiritual attack as a family. And one of the prayers is called the River of Life Prayer, and John shares in the introduction of that prayer how it came to be. It was around 2019, I believe, that this prayer was born because he began to notice in his own life and in the lives of those closest to him and on his team, they were all experiencing some pretty intense hardships, like even near-death experiences. And one of their main focuses is prayer as a ministry. So they met to talk about what kind of prayers they needed to be praying in that season. And they felt like the Lord revealed to them what they needed to combat in prayer. And it was death. Yes, actual physical death. And imagine how this led into COVID in 2020, but also people experiencing a death of a dream, a death of a career. Maybe it was the death of a marriage or a really close friendship. And when they asked the Lord how to pray against this spirit of death, he took them to Ezekiel 47, where it talks about this river of God, which is the river of life that flows from the throne of God And as I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, verses 9 and 10, it essentially says that everywhere this river goes, everything will live. Probably my favorite song and title on Nathan's album is a song called Within the River's Reach. And I don't know about you, but that's where I want to be, within the river's reach, within the reach of the life that only God can give me. As I mentioned before, I believe this is where we experience a tighter gap between the time that hope stirs and we receive it and we let hope do its work in us. We let the spirit of God unearth fear and anxiety, thoughts that are consuming our minds, rattling our faith and sense of stability. And he comes and he covers us again with his peace and his life and his hope. A river is peaceful It's calming, isn't it? It's refreshing. Even the sounds of a river, it makes you want to stay. Our psalm today says it all in verse 10, which is probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible when the Lord himself says, be still and know that I am God. He goes on to say, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. 
In other words, there will be a time when everyone on earth will acknowledge that I am the Lord. And the psalm ends by saying the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That's right. In addition to the calming aspects of this river, we see in the psalm that this river fortifies us. It sustains us, even protects us from being besieged by the enemy. Most scholars agree that Ezekiel 47 has layered meanings. And one of them, of course, is this picture of what is to come in the restoration of all things. And it's paralleled in a vision laid out by John in Revelation 22, where the subject head in my Bible literally says, Eden restored. Scholars also agree that the river in Ezekiel 47 is the very presence of God spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the entire earth. Isn't that beautiful? Charles Spurgeon says of Ezekiel 47 that this river, these are waters for us to swim in. It's so deep and full. Yes, this passage is about grander things than you and I can even imagine. It includes promises for the nation of Israel that we will eventually see come to pass with our very eyes. And of course, in believing in Jesus Christ, you and I are grafted into these grander things. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to Jesus. But these waters, they're full and free, and we get to swim in them today. I love that. I love to even think that us living life in such a way that we stay within the river's reach looks like what I like to call gospel living. It's not just gospel for our salvation way back when we first gave our life to Jesus, but for everyday flourishing, even in the mundane, everywhere the river goes, everything lives. These are beautiful waters to swim in. I think there's many ways that we can look at this vision of these waters getting deeper and deeper. We could see it from the perspective of growing deeper in our knowledge of the gospel. We could view it from the fact that the gospel did spread from Jerusalem when Jesus pulled a few men close and he commissioned them to go and make disciples of all men, baptizing them. And it started small, didn't it? And it began to spread far and wide and deep. And now you and me, we are a part of that same commission, continuing to go far and wide and deep by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that just so beautiful? But in the Lord's leading and in glorious in the mundane style and in letting these song titles be our guide today, I believe the Lord just wanted to remind us today that staying within the river's reach each day postures us to grow in the very thing that we were made for. It's the most secure place where we can know that we are becoming what God created us to be, to be like a tree planted by the river that we see in Psalm 1. When we are contented and finding delight in God's way and in God's word, and we become that tree planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in season, whose leaves do not wither. This is the facet of the river that we're going to look at today. When Ezekiel 47 talks about the river of life and the river of God, we learn about it through a vision and we come to understand the magnitude of this river that flows from God's throne. In the vision, they are having a measuring rod as they walk. And at first, the water as they go, it's ankle deep. 
and then it's knee deep. And then he measures again, and it's waist deep. And eventually it says that it's a river that cannot be crossed, an uncrossable current, which is the next song title on the instrumental. There's a twofold significance here that we can pray that the river of life, who is God himself, will rise up around us on every side. He is the uncrossable current that stands in protection around us from our enemy. In fact, that's the next song title, Rise Up Around Me. And the next one even says, On Every Side. I think this is asking for the protection of the Lord over us, over our family, over our life's work and our ministry. I remember hearing John Eldridge talk about praying this kind of prayer, that he will even pray this over their vacations leading up to the time that they leave, that the river of life will literally be their shield from how the enemy would want to steal their joy. He gives an example about how one time their Airbnb actually got robbed, and it, of course, caused stress to descend upon their time away together. And he began to learn that he needed to pray this river of life prayer, even over their time away as a family, praying that God would rise up around them on every side. In this prayer on the app, he prays, I bring the river of life over my home, over my household, around us, through us, beneath us, before us, behind us on every side, the river that cannot be crossed. Isn't that beautiful? And later he says, I summon the river of life through my heart and through my union with God, healing, restoring, renewing, and surrounding. This is the second part of that twofold significance, that uncrossable current. The river is not only for our protection, but it's provision, it's restoration, it's gospel living. Jesus came so that we would have life today and have it to the fullest. We've talked about the important elements of confession and consecration. I've learned that when I have unconfessed sin or ways that I'm holding on to an idol or living in fear rather than faith, This prohibits the Holy Spirit's stirring work in me. We can look at it like the river is not able to do its full life-giving work in us. And I believe that confession, I've talked about before, it leads us back into consecration, which we find in Romans 12, offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, set apart for God, consecrated to Him alone. And I've experienced firsthand how this unblocks any passage that the river has to my heart, and it comes flooding back in with healing and restoration, freedom surrounding me and renewing me, God's life flowing in me so that it can flow through me to a parched and dry world around me. The last section of this album celebrates this very process that I'm talking about. And like I said before, I believe that this is a daily work. It can be daily for us. The last titles are Room to Grow, Budding Again, Everything's in Bloom on Both Banks. I love that one. It refers to verse 12 in Ezekiel 47. And on both banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water from them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. The last title on the album is Never Felt More Alive. (laughs) 
I love it. I love Matthew Henry's thoughts too on these trees on both banks. In Ezekiel 47, he says that as believers, we are those trees, ministers especially, trees of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. That's Isaiah 61.3. Set by the rivers of water, the waters of the sanctuary, grafted into Christ the tree of life, and by virtue of our union with him, we are made trees of life too. Rooted in him, that's Colossians 2.7. He goes on to say, there is a great variety of these trees through the diversity of gifts with which they are endued by the one spirit who works all in all. They grow on the banks of the river or they keep close to holy ordinances and through them derive from Christ sap and virtue. The very leaves of these trees are for medicine, for bruises and sores. They strengthen the weak. They bind up the brokenhearted. Their cheerfulness does good like a medicine, not only to themselves, but to others also. They shall be enabled by the grace of God to persevere in their goodness and usefulness. Their leaves shall not fade. Such beautiful waters to swim in, huh? As we reflect, I'm just going to leave you with some thoughts to bring before the Lord. Now that Nate's album is out, you might want to use it as a resource and just carve out some space, even now if you want to, to just go before the Lord. I was thinking our as for me statement today, our as for me declaration. I think if anything has risen to the top for me, it's I want to stay within the river's reach. As for me, it is good for me to stay within the river's reach. Maybe you want to journey through the song titles and let the Holy Spirit prompt you through each one of those. But if you maybe feel far, maybe you've been in that place where you have felt hope stirring, but you haven't been able to receive it. Maybe you would want to sit with the Lord in that. Ask Him to help you to receive the Holy Spirit's stirring in you today. And I will say this, if you haven't sensed Him stirring It's more than okay to ask Him for that. Ask Him to help you know that He is near. And then ask Him this, God, how are you working in my life right now? What do you want to unearth and then stir in me? You might want to spend some time in confession and in consecration to the Lord is to clear a path for the river of life in you and through you in this season. Maybe it's been beautiful for you to be reminded today that you are in the ministry You don't have to have a stage to preach on from to be in the ministry. The river of life is in you, and it is meant for your flourishing. And your flourishing through the power of the Holy Spirit is meant for those who are around you, who are hurting and broken in this world. Maybe surrender your life anew, that your flourishing is for the flourishing of others through the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's just you bringing your whole self before the Lord once more in total surrender. 
to say, I summon the river of life through my heart and through my union with God for healing, restoring, renewing. Come surround me, O God, river of life. Live in me and through me today. I'll talk to you soon.